0: What's up? What's going on? How are you? Thank you for joining me again. This is Shaleen. This is The Shaleen Show. And today we're going to talk about fear of failure. We all fear getting things wrong. Nobody wants to make a mistake. Nobody wants to intentionally mess up. Or do we? Today we're going to explore the degrees to which it may be affecting your mental health, your fear, the worry and anxiety that you may be experiencing when you think about trying something new or or even just doing something that's ordinary, something that's a part of your job, but you, you fear that you're going to do it wrong. You're going to mess it up. You're going to make a mistake. It's a pretty difficult way to live if that thought controls your actions, if it's preventing you from going for it. All right, y'all, let's do it. Etychophobia is described as an irrational but extreme fear of failing and fear of facing uncertainty. Okay, hold up before you go saying to yourself, like, oh, aha, finally, I have this diagnosis. First of all, you know, I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist. I am not qualified to diagnose you, to treat you. I'm really not even qualified to give you advice. What I do on the show is share my own observations, my own research. And this is one that's come up often. Now, again, before you decide for yourself like, okay, that's it, finally there's a word for this thing that I experience a ticophobia, that's it, I can tell everyone I have a ticophobia. I want you to understand that that's a, a clinical definition and it is more so related to like this morbid fear, like you almost feel like you're gonna die, like it's catastrophic the way you fear failing or making a mistake, like it's holding your life hostage and it's abnormal. What is normal is that we all have a fear of failure and a fear of making mistakes to some degree what's abnormal or more rare should we say is when that fear is so all-encompassing that it begins to affect your mental health and this can be like around everything in your life or it can be around a very specific thing like maybe a new mother who's afraid to feed her own child and literally can't feed her own child because she is so afraid that something's going to go wrong, she's going to make a mistake, and she's going to kill her child. Or the person who is so afraid of getting on an airplane or going out in public or public transportation that they literally feel like they're going to die because they might make a wrong turn or get on the wrong plane. Or It's just this overwhelming fear. It's not a rational fear. It's a fear that's all-encompassing. It's unwarranted. And it is persistent in order to be considered a tachyphobia. All right. So that's kind of the extreme. And if you do suspect that that's what's going on with you, I strongly encourage you to seek assistance. Seek professional help. This is a podcast. I want to chat with you about what's pretty normal. I mean, it is very common for most all of us to have certain circumstances, certain things that we're we're afraid to do it because we don't want to mess up. We don't want to be judged. We don't want to look stupid. We don't want to make a mistake. We don't want to inconvenience other people. We don't want people to be upset with us. That's pretty normal. And even to some extent, I might say it's healthy. Because we worry about doing a good job isn't necessarily a bad thing. Let's face it, it's a pretty good thing if the average person driving down the road is concerned with other people's safety, that they're a little worried that they're going to make a mistake, that they're, they're being cautious Frankly, I'm pretty fortunate that I have a bunch of people on my team who worry about making mistakes, and they don't make mistakes, thankfully, and and that kind of balances out all of the mistakes that I make. I don't worry about this enough, probably, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if it's good or bad. I don't worry that much about mistakes, but I would be lying if I said I don't worry about it at all. I mean, there's times when we've put up a podcast and I'll like re-listen to it and think, oh, Why didn't we cut that part out? I sound like an idiot here. Why do we use this intro? I hate the way I said that. I mispronounced that word and I, I don't love it. I try not to make those mistakes, but I don't worry about it too much. Making a mistake doesn't prevent me from doing things, but it's still in the back of my head. I'm still thinking to myself, I want to get this right. When it becomes a problem is when there's something you really want to do, something you want to try, something you want to go for something you want to experience, but you're preventing yourself from doing it because of your fear of failure. Or there's something you are doing, but you don't enjoy it because you overthink every single minute of it, every moment of it. Maybe you're in a job where you are way in over your head and you cannot relax. You have a stomachache 24-7 because at any given moment you feel like My mistakes are going to be found out. I'm going to mess up. And this whole thing is going to implode. This fear of failure, some people can call it perfectionism, but really it's not even perfectionism because the person who's worried about being perfect isn't worried about perfection. They're worried about imperfection. And it can manifest itself by affecting your sleep. You can feel it physically by causing like chest pains or stress. You can lose your appetite. For some people, it makes them feel fatigued or tired or a complete lack of motivation because they would rather not do something versus do something and not get it 100% right. In other words, this is the person who will, as a child, say that they were sick that day instead of going to school and taking a test that they might get a C- on, they would rather have the extra time or get a zero on the assignment as opposed to getting a C- minus. This can show up in the form of procrastination, people who avoid doing certain tasks, taking on certain assignments because it triggers their anxiety because of their fear that they're going to do it wrong. So it's like, well, if, if I never start it, if I never do it, well, then I don't have to worry about getting it wrong. Fear of failure can show up as an eating disorder. For some, their fear or sense that they're going to be judged or criticized by others is so strong And they know that they can't control that, that the one area that they can control is their body. So it can show up in the form of undereating like anorexia or orthorexia. Well, if I'm in perfect shape, if I'm small enough and lean enough, then no one will be able to comment on my weight. Or conversely, it can show up as overeating. Someone might turn to overeating because of their fear of being attractive, their fear of having to enter the dating realm or their fear of rejection. I don't have to worry about anyone rejecting me if I overeat, if I torture myself and I gain a lot of weight, then no one will look at me and therefore I don't have to put myself out there. Fear of failure often shows up in the ways that we sabotage ourselves. The things that we're doing subconsciously many times so that we don't have to do the thing That we fear doing. We're setting ourselves up so that we're in a position where I can't do it. I wish I could, but I can't do it. When in reality, we don't want to do it. In reality, we fear that we can't do it. We're taking steps and behaving in such a way that's consistent and supports our belief that we would fail if we did it. So therefore, I don't have to do it if I sabotage myself. Fear of failure is a belief. It's a belief that we can't do it. And remember that we do things subconsciously that support our own beliefs. If we believe we are always going to be late for something, if it looks like we're about to be on time for something and our subconscious belief says, oh no, you're always late for things, then our subconscious may take over and have us do things that are consistent with the belief that we're always going to be late. And it may seem like our fear of failure, our fear of getting it wrong, our fear of making mistakes, our fear of being judged only affects us. It's only ourselves who we are torturing. But the truth of the matter is you end up torturing everybody who's around you, especially the people who are in a relationship with you, your family members, your children. Man, if you have a fear of getting it wrong of looking a certain way, a fear of making a mistake, I guarantee that gets picked up on by your children. Those who are consumed by the fear of imperfection, otherwise known as perfectionism, often have kids who are wracked with anxiety and they don't know why. They don't know why they feel so anxious, why they have so much fear, why they worry incessantly about what other people Think, well, mom and dad, mom or dad, maybe both mom and dad can pass these feelings along to our kids, even if we're not telling our kids they have to be perfect, even if we're telling them over and over again, make mistakes, get a C minus, don't worry about stains on your clothes, you don't have to use your manners, like all the things that we have brainwashed ourselves into believing, well, it makes me a good parent if my child gets good grades. And it it reflects positively on my parenting if this child shows up as a a perfect child. Sometimes these parents are incredibly controlling. They want to pick out their children's clothes and become very aware if their child gains a little weight or loses too much weight, who they're hanging out with, who they're associating with, how they comb their hair, the car that they drive, the school that they go to. They tend to be a little bit more obsessed with their, well, kind of everything, but especially their physical appearance. It's funny, when we think of the term perfectionist, you think of that person who does it all and does it all perfectly. So you might not equate that personality type with fear of failure. You also should know that that's only one manifestation of fear of failure because the other side of fear of failure is the person who doesn't do anything for fear that they're going to fail. But both of these people are worried about imperfection. One is going to go to the nth degree and kill themselves to make it you know, almost airtight perfect. And the other person is going to torture themselves and deal with the internal dialogue that they're having for never pulling the trigger because what sounds more painful and more uncomfortable is imagining themselves doing the thing and people judging them and saying it wasn't good enough, we knew you'd get it wrong, you messed up again. In other words, fear of failure can take on a lot of different forms. It can look very different. But more often than not, the one thing that everyone with fear of failure shares in common, regardless of how it manifests itself, is a sense of anxiety. They're anxious, nervous, unsettled, and nobody wants to suffer with anxiety. Anxiety sucks. And we're gonna talk about some things that you can do to slowly rid yourself of this fear, to overcome your fear of failure. But first, I want to take a moment to thank our show sponsor, Organifi. So I do a full blood panel every, sometimes three months, every six months as I'm approaching menopause. I'm not in menopause yet. How do I know that? Because I just had a full blood panel done and they went over every single area of my health. And when we got to the area of immunity, I was pretty dang excited. In fact, I was pretty excited that I wasn't deficient this time in any important vitamins and nutrients, which is exciting. Like, that's hard to do. It's almost impossible to do if you're just trying to eat a perfectly balanced diet. Almost all of us need to supplement our essential vitamins and nutrients. And that's why I love Organifi. I don't mind taking a pill form of a vitamin. But if I can just drink it in something that's tasty, I am down with it. That's why I love using Organifi Pure and Organifi Immunity daily in my water. And you get to try Organifi for 20% off when you go to Organifi. I'm going to spell it because some people put a Y in there. There's no Y. It's O R G A N I F I dot com forward slash Shalene. That gets you your 20% off. Again, it's O R G A N I F I dot com forward slash Shalene for your 20% off. Those are my two favorite products. There's a bunch of them. They've got a great protein powder. If you're interested in exploring the benefits of reishi mushrooms, I love their Organifi Gold, especially the gold chocolate. They've got supplements to make sure you get your full dosage of greens per day. Whatever it is your diet might be missing, Organifi can provide it for you. It's all 100% organic. Go to Organifi.com forward slash Shaleen for 20% off. And thank you for supporting the show in this way. We love Organifi. All right, so how do we get rid of this fear? Well, let me break it to you this way. We're not going to get rid of the fear. What we can get rid of, though, is the failure. Now, stay with me for a second. I'm not going to be able to lift the fear. I'm never going to be able to answer all of the unknowns or the uncertainty that fills you and me with fear. But we can remove the failure piece. And here's what I mean by that. The only way that we fail is when we don't try. So it's crazy how it's our fear that's actually, our fear of failure is what's making us fail because it's that fear. We're allowing that fear to stop us from doing something. It stops us dead in our tracks and it's holding us hostage. And that's what's ironically making us fail. So if you want to avoid failure, you have to move. And it's not this like one major thing. I can't give you three steps to overcome fear of failure. I can help you shift your mindset. And that's what I want to do today. It's baby steps. It's taking and noticing and recognizing patterns are improving. But there's not like one day that you're going to like listen to a podcast or one time going to a therapist or, or wake up tomorrow and just realize, okay, I no longer have fear of failure. It doesn't work that way. But it does happen gradually by taking action, by taking baby steps. I'm not talking about like tomorrow you start your company. I'm talking about whatever it is that you're afraid of doing, but yet you want to do it. Just do one teeny tiny little thing towards it tomorrow. There are things you can do that help to mitigate fear. And that's what I do. So when I feel an overwhelming sense of fear, oh man, I'm going to fail. Oh, I have no idea what to expect I don't know what this is going to be like. I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know what's going on. The way that I calm my fear, I never make it go away completely, but the way that I calm my fear is through information. So I do that with education. Like I will spend hours researching something. If I have to go to speak to a new group – And I've never talked to this group before. Maybe I'm working with a new agency and this is the very first gig that they've ever got me. And so like, I really want to get it right. I do not want to fail. And I start to feel that little bit of fear. What I'll do is I'll go into research mode and I start to calm my fears by creating a better understanding, not a complete understanding, but like a little bit better understanding of what could happen what I might be able to expect, and I'll look at past conferences, and I'll research the people who normally attend that conference, and I'll research what other speakers have talked about and what types of things that they're looking for, and I'll schedule a meeting with the conference planner so that I get a sense of what is it they're hoping for, what would knock it out of the park for them, what would be a disappointment to them, like I get as much information as possible. There's still the unknown. It's still possible that I could get on the stage and have an outfit malfunction or say the wrong thing or offend the audience or who knows. But at least I feel much calmer and I have less fear. The next thing I do to mitigate my own fear and you can do to mitigate your own fear is to just give yourself permission to have the experience. Give yourself permission to say, well, let's see how this goes. Let me give you an example of this. I did a speaking event this year, which was the first of its kind. I'd never done one like this before. I'm not going to tell you the company. I'm not going to tell you who I spoke for. But it was a small group. I'll tell you that. And it was primarily men. I'd never talked to this type of group in this type of setting before. Maybe one other time. But it still felt – I still felt fear. I still felt like, oh, man, they're paying me a lot of money to do this. I do not want to mess this up. I got to get this right. So rather than declining the experience, I did all the research that I could to understand, like I literally researched the room that I would be in and the hotel that we were staying at. And I tried to find images and videos and social media of some of the people that might be in attendance. And I got as much information as I could, but I still had the fear. So I told myself, just do this for the experience. And it's okay if it's not great. If it's not great for them, it's okay if it's not your best. It's okay. But what you must do is get the experience because if you don't get the experience, you're not going to get better. And if you don't get the experience, if you decline this, then you failed. And I'm going to tell you that I went and I did that event. And this is the point in the story where I'm supposed to tell you that it was like my best speaking event ever. It wasn't. It was probably the worst one that I've had in, I don't know, probably 15 years. Maybe it was great for them. I don't know. But I didn't feel good about it. I didn't feel like it went well. I didn't feel like it connected. I didn't feel like I sent the message home or made the impact I was trying to make. I just didn't feel like I delivered. But I lived and I learned a ton from the experience. Number one, I learned it's probably not the right setting for me because I didn't enjoy it and I gave it my all and it still didn't feel like it connected. So that didn't feel good. But I was enough. And that's the thing. When it comes to our fear of failure, at the root of our fear is our fear that we are not good enough. Anytime you feel like, I'm going to mess this up, it's not going to be great. It is a deep-seated, a deep-rooted feeling that we're not good enough. You know what I'm going to say, because I say this in absolutely almost every single Chalene Show episode. It's great if you can get to the bottom of that. Like, if it really prevents you from doing so many things that you want to do. And you've listened to the podcast. And what I'm saying makes total sense to you. You get it from a rational standpoint, but for whatever reason, your brain just will not allow you to move forward. And you make up every excuse in the book and you sabotage yourself and you feel tortured because frankly, you know you're failing because of your fear of failure, because you're not launching, you're not doing the thing, you're not starting. Well, if you really want the quickest possible way to figure this out, go to therapy and figure that your therapist can help you understand where did this start, and they can help you peel away the layers that are on top of that, that are holding you stuck in that mindset, which often relates to the age at which you first experienced those that belief that you weren't good enough. I mean, this is something you might be able to resolve in like just one or two therapy sessions with a really good therapist. Obviously, I love EMDR therapy, but explore a therapist if you're just, this is something that's been holding you back for years. You know who you are. Those of you who are, you just hate the fact that you fear being imperfect and you know it's trickling down into your relationships, your kids or your spouse or your friends. You know that it's preventing you from living the life that you deserve to live, that you want to live, that you know you have the ability to live. It's preventing you from doing that thing that you want to do, from quitting your job, from starting that business, from finding the man of your dreams, or leaving the horrible wife who's been abusive to you. Look, I don't know what it is, but there's something that you know you need to do. You also know you're perfectly capable of doing it. But for whatever reason, your brain just says, no, don't try it. You're going to mess it up. You're not good enough save yourself years of pain and angst and get your butt into therapy. All right, there, I said it. For those of you though, who you've gone to therapy, or maybe this is just something you you just need to tweak it a little bit more. You just, you need someone to help you get you over the hump. Here's what I have to say. Do whatever you can to mitigate your fear, to lessen your fear, but also understand it's still going to be there. You're still going to feel the fear But you can't allow it to stop you. You just have to make a decision to keep moving. It's not the end result you need to worry about, it's the fact that you're moving forward. And it might be baby steps, you might be inching forward, crawling forward. Somebody who's looking at you from afar might assume that you're just standing still, but you know you're moving. As long as you're moving, you're winning, you're succeeding. Because movement is going to move you closer to the right thing, closer to doing it the right way, closer to doing it better, never perfect because that doesn't exist. I can't tell you how many things I've set out to do and I had fear and I thought, I'm going to mess this up. I have no idea what I'm doing. People are going to judge me. I'm going to cost my family money. I'm going to be embarrassed, you know, whatever the thoughts are. I have those thoughts and feelings all the time. I'm not talking about like early in my career. I'm talking about like a couple of months ago. I'm talking about it happens regularly. It happens every year. But the reason why I can call myself a success has nothing to do with my bank account, has nothing to do with like who knows me because who cares, right? The reason why I can look at myself and consider myself a success is because I'm willing to at least try, even when I feel the fear. Yes, I have fear, but I don't let it stop me. And guess what? I've made so many mistakes, and that makes me a success. Does that make sense? Because you can't be successful if you're not willing to try. So the more tries and failed attempts you have, the more successful you are. That's movement. And every time I set out to do something that I'm like, you know, I get in my, my head, I'm going to mess this up. I have no idea what I'm doing. How do I hire someone to do this? Because I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, man, this is going to be embarrassing. Every time I have that experience, and then I try to mitigate it by getting all the information, as much detail as I can. And I remind myself, just go for it. You know, give yourself the opportunity to just experiment and to fail. More often than not, when I do that, I discover that what it was I was setting out to do wasn't quite right. And I'm, I'm thankful that it wasn't quite right because it allows me to course correct and figure out the right thing. Does that make sense? Maybe I should speak less in hyperboles and give you a specific example. one through one method. one through one method today is now called phase it up. It goes by a different name and it's really a different program. And that's because the original program that I set out to create had a lot of flaws had a lot of problems. It was too heavy in the science. It was too heavy in the research. And people just were like, "It's. can you just tell me what to eat? Can you just tell me what to do? Can you just tell me how to lose weight? Can you just tell me how to be healthy? People didn't want to know the science. People didn't want to know how to customize their own experience. They just didn't. I wanted them to know that. It was important to me. But if I hadn't just tried to create a program that allowed people to customize and individualize their experience and really break down the science and the research, then I would have never have discovered that what people really needed was something more simplistic, something quicker, something easier. They still wanted the customization. They still wanted to eat healthy. They still wanted to know, like, how do I figure out what's right for me? But we also discovered that what people were challenged by is developing habits. And I would never have been able to figure that out if I hadn't first created 131 Method. So Phase It Up is still based in the principles of 131 Method, but we realized we've got to make it more simple and I've got to give it a new name because it needs to have a different feel. Even though the mission is still there, how we got to that place was as a result of me giving myself permission to give it a try and to try to get it right, but also not to give up if it wasn't exactly right. And it wasn't exactly right. And we went through, I mean, we lost tons of money for, I don't know, more than three and a half, four years before we we're able to finally like turn it around and understand how to, how to reach the goal, but in the way that helps other people. Now you can call those mini failures. I like to think of lots of different iterations and experiments and the way the program has transitioned has allowed us to keep moving forward. But if I had allowed fear of getting it, of it having to be perfect, if I had allowed that to prevent me from moving forward, we could have never improved it. This podcast is a perfect example. When I first started this podcast, I would broadcast sometimes once a week. Sometimes twice a week. Sometimes I would broadcast five times a week. Sometimes I wouldn't broadcast for like a month. I didn't have a schedule. I was afraid to set a schedule because I was afraid that I would disappoint people if I couldn't show up for that schedule. So I just gave myself permission, even though all the experts said, if you're gonna start a podcast, you have to release it on the same day and at the same time, or it will tank. And I gave myself permission to just launch it and get my feet wet and see how I liked it and see how it evolved. I gave myself permission that I didn't have to be the biggest show. I didn't have to have a million downloads my first year. I just wanted to get the experience. I gave myself permission to just start and figure it out. And eventually, I was able to get better. So here's what happens you get information, perhaps you develop your education or your skill set so that you feel a little less afraid to start, but you're still gonna feel the fear. I still felt the fear every single time I interviewed someone. I still felt the fear every single time I published an episode, but it started to get less and less. And here's the key. I gave myself permission for it to just be okay. I didn't put pressure on myself that I had to be number one or that I had to get a million downloads or anything. I just gave myself permission permission to experience it and to get better. Give yourself permission to try something and not be great at it, to do something and not have it be the best, but to know that it is good enough. It's good enough. It's good enough to get it out there. It's good enough to start because starting is movement and movement is what moves us towards what that thing is that it should be. But what you start with and how you start is never how you're going to finish. So think about it, today it's crazy to me that we do three Shaleen Show episodes, we do two Build Your Tribe episodes, and we do a weekly Patreon. Patreon's another great example. I was so afraid to start my Patreon. I know. And th- that's recent. Like that's just in the last couple of months. I was afraid to start a Patreon because I didn't want to disappoint people who couldn't afford the Patreon. I didn't want to have somebody pay for that additional content and be disappointed that it wasn't interesting enough or it didn't meet their expectations. I thought about other shows who release Patreon episodes and and the way that they do it like so I would compare myself and go, "Okay, so this show that I'm I'm a Patreon member for this show. And what they do is they release their shows like a week early to their Patreon members ad free. And I was like, I can't do that. I can't do that because I like to record my shows like the day before. I like it to be in real time. So it's really what I'm going through. So it's really topical. So I can't do that. So therefore, I won't. And I didn't. I didn't launch my Patreon. I wanted to launch this Patreon almost four or five years ago. And I didn't because I kept saying, I can't do that. I'm not good enough like these other shows. I can't be organized enough to record a show a week prior and upload it and let Patreon members get that beforehand. I can't do that. I mean, obviously I could. I just didn't want to do that. So I use that as an excuse to allow my fear to hold me back. And then someone would say, well, you know, there's other ways to do a Patreon. Like this person, what they do is they're really interesting, deep interviews are the ones that they put on Patreon, I'm like, okay, yeah, I can't do that either. No, I I don't want to do that either. You know, So I had all these reasons why I couldn't do it as well as someone else, when what I really wanted to do was to just create a Patreon where there wasn't a personal development takeaway, that there wasn't a special expert or a deep dive like, like this episode. What I wanted to do, what I desired to do was to create a Patreon where I could just go deep into what it was I was thinking or feeling or just whatever was going on in my life that week. It was like a deeper experience of the Friday car smart. And fear kept telling me people won't find that interesting and they're going to demand a refund and they won't like it and it'll be a complete failure. Then in the fall, before the first quarter, I started asking myself what things I wanted to do that would be just fulfilling, like really fun, really enjoyable for me. And I I knew that was one. I I knew I needed to create that. And I knew I had to do it despite my fear that it wouldn't be good enough. And I also had to give myself permission to launch it and know we could improve it and change it. And I can tell you this, what I had sketched out for Patreon is very different from where we are today today. You know, and partly because I had to first launch the Patreon to then find out from our Patreon members, so what do you think? What do you like? What do you want more of? What do you want less of? I couldn't make the Patreon better unless I launched it. You know, and we're in just the first quarter. I think we launched Patreon like what? Is this our second month? Yeah, our second month. So we're in month two. It's going to just keep getting better and better and better. But I had to give myself permission for it to launch it and for it to just be okay, I just say, even if someone hates it or they want their money back or they find it boring or whatever, that will be okay. I'm not going to die. So that thing that you're afraid to do because someone might judge you or might not think it's good enough, I want you to ask yourself, even if that's true, will I die from it? Will I die from it or will I learn from it? And if the answer is, I'm probably going to learn from it, then you need to do it. And it's likely going to lead to something that you were meant to experience. It will likely evolve into something that gets better and better and better. So now I want you to take a moment and think about the thing that kept popping in your brain as you were listening to this episode, because there's something, maybe there's more than one thing, but I want you to just pick like one thing right now that you know you need to do, you know you need to start. Okay, got it? Good, and I just want you to try. I just want you to promise me you'll try. And yes, the fear is going to be there, but you're not going to die from it, and you're likely going to learn from it, and you'll definitely get better at it. You're going to learn from it, but you have to try. Promise? All right, good, because I love you. I mean it. And I'll talk to you soon. If you enjoyed this show, please don’t forget to make sure you are subscribed and following along. The Shalene show is available on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and most every podcast app. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave a five-star review and tell us specifically what you enjoyed. We'd love to know. The Shalene Show is released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. For Tuesdays and Thursdays, be sure to follow and subscribe to Shaleen's other podcast, Build Your Tribe, which she co-hosts with her son, Brock Johnson. It's all about business, social media, and marketing, and devoted to helping you make more money and live more life. Links to anything referenced in today's episode, as well as show sponsors and other podcasts, can be found below in our show notes.